0: Humans! How are you humans of Minneapolis and adjoining areas? Welcome, welcome to Hidden Edges Radio. This is your host, Deep Voiced, Ellie Krug. And if you're watching on uh, Facebook Live right now, you can see me. I'm looking relatively okay today. We have a great show coming up. For new listeners to Hidden Edges Radio, now my regular listeners, you know what's coming, so just put up with me for a second. But new listeners, welcome. This is a show about surviving the human condition. We're all doing that, right? Literally, as you hear me um, in your radios and online. Um, and I'm, we're, we're surviving as I'm speaking Uh, Here today, we're taping the show on Friday. It will air two days later, so we're not exactly fresh, but we're relatively fresh well within the expiration date. And, okay, so new listeners, my name is Ellie Krug. I happen to be transgender. I happen to be one of the relatively few transgender radio hosts in the world. That's why you're hearing what sounds like a man's voice associated with a female name. But if you are on Facebook Live right now, you would know that I look really relatively good as a chick. Okay, so there you go. This show is about, as I said, surviving the human condition. It is also about highlighting stories of grit and resiliency. And we have a great story about an organization that has grit and resiliency. And that uh, the name of that organization is the Collaborative Community Law Initiative, CCLI. It is based out of St. Paul, and I have uh, the CCLI's Executive Director, Corinne uh, Chiano Hello, Ellie. How are you? Welcome to uh, the show, Corinne, and I'm really thrilled to have you here. And, um, And we're going to talk for uh, the first two segments of the show about the CCLI, okay? Thank you. Um, Welcome. You are the executive director. You are a lawyer, right? That is correct, and I am really so appreciative that you
1: are having uh, me on this show. It is an honor and a privilege, um, especially because you were familiar with CCLI from the very beginning. So I'm a latecomer compared to some.
0: Oh well, you've put far more into it than um, whatever uh, role I had with it, but I am familiar with it. It is a wonderful organization. So why don't you tell our listeners what is the CCLI in St. Paul? The
1: CCLI, a Collaborative Community Law Initiative, is Minnesota's only legal incubator. Uh, you may or may not be familiar with an incubator in a business context, where it's a space where small Small businesses can go to get mentoring and funding and uh, get themselves started, basically. And we do that for graduates of Mitchell Hamlin Law who want to start their own sole practices. So we are a part of a movement actually that started about 10 years ago, but we're Minnesota Minnesota's only one right now.
0: Okay. And and so when you say incubator, you're are you're training new lawyers, is Correct. that right? Yes. Not necessarily young lawyers, and these are new lawyers out of what law school?
1: Mitchell, Hamlin, or their predecessors, William Mitchell or Hamlin uh, University.
0: How long has the CCLI been around? It's been around since
1: about 2014, but it was actually formed by the two schools before they merged. But we've been operational since about November of 2016.
0: All right. And... um, How does it, uh, well, what populations does the CCLI serve? I mean, I've got all kinds of questions, but let's just take one at a time. Sure. Um, Well, we serve a variety. Our goal is to encourage new lawyers
1: to start small firms that will serve the middle class and also lower income populations. It's probably no secret there are a ton of people appearing in court without lawyers. And that we have a ton of lawyers who are chasing the top 20% of the market. So what's happened is we have the average uh, associate charges about $300 an hour in the Twin Cities.
0: Unbelievable.
1: It's, you know, I'm not going to make any judgments whether whether we're worth it, whether we're not, but we are expensive. And so we want to encourage lawyers to... Uh, look for more entrepreneurial ways to practice in smaller settings where they can price more innovatively and deliver services that people need. So that's kind of the focus. We provide um, mentoring. We provide training. We've got a space where people can meet over in St. Paul. We have an intake line, so if folks want to call our line, uh, if they want to talk to a lawyer or refer a case, we'd love to hear from you. Why
0: don't you give us that
1: number right now? That number is in english 651 321 9255 or in spanish 651 383 1450 so those those lines will get you to our uh, get you to our lawyers and part of what we want to do is help them build sustainable practices that serve communities that they are uh, they want to serve so our first participant Inti martinez Aleman of sabe forte has uh, just graduated from the incubator, and he is now, he's been serving the Latino communities of Minneapolis and St. Paul and the greater metro for 18 months and and anticipates continuing to do so. Um, We do a lot of family law, elder law, you know, the kinds of problems that ordinary people have and need a lawyer's help.
0: All right. But it's different because your lawyers are, are at least aimed at serving the middle class and lower-income people, whereas we have legal aid, right? Yes. So, and legal aid is a very broad phrase. I mean, there there are um, um, per se legal aid organizations, and there are a lot of nonprofit legal nonprofits that all serve people, for the most part, at 125 percent of the federal poverty guidelines or below that. Correct. Right? And I see you've got a federal poverty guideline uh cheat sheet with you right now. I do. So what uh what is 125%?
1: So 125% of the federal poverty guidelines for 2018 is an income of $15,175 for a single person or for a family of four $31,375. That's annual. Okay,
0: um, and that's like Yeah, right. And how do you raise a family of four on that?
1: How do you raise a family of four on that? But at least at that level and below, you are eligible for free legal assistance and that means both um, legal aid from our amazing uh, ecosystem of nonprofits in Minnesota it also means pro bono services and I think a lot of lawyers don't realize that what we think of as pro bono is typically directed to folks at that 125 level or below it's meant for people who are in poverty now there's a lot of people in poverty who need lawyers and aren't getting them so I you know I recognize Absolutely. Massive need there. But there are also people who are not in poverty, as the chart defines it, who are above that 125, who are still struggling to find lawyers, especially when the average rate is $300 an hour.
0: Right. Well, that's the working poor, what I always call the working poor. And for folks um, struggling like that, it's it's impossible to find a lawyer. I mean, the statistics are staggering. I mean, in family law, in family court... In Hennepin County, Um, almost ninety percent of the participants going through family court. I've seen varieties, but
1: yes, it's you know up to and sometimes over ninety percent, depending on how you count. Um, And that is a huge number that the courts have to deal with, where you have either one or sometimes both parties without the benefit of legal advice.
0: And the CCLI is intended to—I mean, it's a small organization. You don't have a. A lot of clout at this point in the system, but the goal is to train lawyers who can help fill whatever gap exists between uh, legal aid and market rate lawyers, lawyers who can charge the $300 an hour and get that.
1: Exactly.
0: All right. So um, is there a, are there income eligibility guidelines for the CCLI?
1: Um, yes and no. What we do is we ask each of our participating lawyers, and each one has their own solo or small law practice, as part of their agreement to work with us, we say, please have 30% of your caseload be at 300% of the federal poverty guidelines or below. So it's a higher uh, ceiling, if you will. And we don't require them to take their entire caseload because we want them to experiment with making a practice sustainable. Um, If every lawyer were able to do 30% of their caseload serving these people in the justice gap, we probably wouldn't have a justice gap. Um, But it can be very challenging when you're starting out to come up with a model for a sustainable practice. And so as a result, we don't want to restrict them in the other part of their practice from taking market rate clients as they get them.
0: Okay. And um, how many lawyers are in training right now with the CCLI? As of this moment, I believe we have four and we
1: have new people who are coming in um, all the time. So it's people come in, people move on. Um, we aim to have everybody with us for about 18 months.
0: All right. Well, that's just phenomenal. Um and the the uh, the office, or or at least, um, CCLI is located in Saint Paul. We are right?
1: we are in the Central Midway Building, right off of ninety four and near Lexington
0: Avenue. And how about a website address? We are at
1: cclimn.org, dot and we'd love it if you visit.
0: Okay. And, and on your website, I see you have a blog uh, as well as you have other information about the work. And I saw on the blog, on the uh, website, there's congratulations to you because uh, Corinne, you were named a 2017 lawyer of the year. Oh, shucks. Thank you, Ellie. Yes. So, and not only that, but your predecessor um, uh, was also named Lawyer of the Year for, uh, was it 2016? That's
1: or- correct. Uh, Virginia Bell was our, my predecessor, and she was named in
0: 2016. Well, when we come back from our break, I'm going to want to talk more with you about the CCLI and and talk more about the justice gap and about how that affects people in a variety of ways. You've been listening to me, Ellie Krug, on Hidden Edges Radio One of only a handful of transgender radio hosts in the world. Whoa, whoa. Um, That along with $3.43 will get you a cup of hot chocolate at Caribou. Um, If you like what you hear, visit me at elliekrug.com or sign up. And you can go there and sign up for my newsletter, The Ripple, or email me at hiddenedgesradio at gmail.com. When we come back, we'll talk more with Corinne about the CCLI. Bye. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you
2: crooners lounge and supper club is delighted to offer its spacious facilities for your private function from weddings retirement parties business dinners or any special occasion crooners combines a dedicated full-service special events team an award-winning chef and a beautiful lakeside ambiance to make your event a resounding success visit crooners to learn more about their private dining options or call 763-571-9020 to get a quote for your next event today
0: At Pride Institute, being LGBTQ plus is the norm, not the exception. Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ plus person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills and attitudes for long term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV and chronic illness, trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery, education and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life can benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800-547-7433 now. Mishad cooley Erickson, a mechanical and electrical consulting engineering firm in Minneapolis, supports inclusivity by designing spaces for all user groups, honoring inclusivity and respect. These spaces include gender-neutral family restrooms and nursing mothers rooms. For example, Mishad Cooley Erickson has designed lactation rooms for traveling mothers at the MSP International Airport. Designing these spaces has changed the expectations of similar facilities in airports around the country. Mishad cooley Erickson designs safe and comfortable environments for occupants who are their number one priority. Welcome back to AM950 Hidden Edges Radio, where we take on issues relative to surviving the human condition. And we talk about how we treat each other and ourselves, particularly as to what it means to live an inclusive life. We've been speaking with Corinne um, Chiano of, of the Collaborative Community Law Initiative, which is really called the CCLI, out of St. Paul. Corinne, before we broke, um, we were talking about CCLI, it has, uh, you have four lawyers in training, you have some more lawyers coming in in the future, we've, you've got one lawyer launched as part of this legal incubator, it sounds like things are going relatively well, yes? Yes, they are. Okay, well that is just phenomenal. So, one of the things, the backdrop about all of this is the justice gap, we've used that phrase a couple of times, and I think that people don't understand that while there is legal aid... And while it does exist, they turn away more people than they serve because they don't have enough lawyers to fulfill the need. That's partly why the CCLI has come about, right? That's correct. And um, and what... What observations do you have about the justice gap? Are we are we making any progress based on what you see? Because I also know that you have other roles within the legal, uh, the Twin Cities legal community, other than just with the CCLI. So, what are you seeing in terms of your observations?
1: Well, the thing to keep in mind is that the justice gap has grown over decades. You know, many more people had access to counsel in, say, the middle 90s when I first started practicing law, and it has grown tremendously since then, and nobody really has a clear sense of why. At least, I haven't read anything about why. Um, but it's unmistakable, and the courts have been calling attention to it, and so one sign of progress that I see is that we're actually talking about it now. It has a name, and we recognize that self-represented litigants are just not Not able to get the outcomes that they may need and deserve in court and it may make it more challenging for the courts to do their job. So it's something that is more visible now and is getting attention. Um, I know that Minnesota has been putting together uh, efforts to create sort of a triage system so that we will be able to um, direct people who need lawyers to different kinds of services depending on where they fall. And again hopefully that will address the justice gap problem. So there's a lot more attention on the problem than there used to be. Um, another observation, and this I can't take credit for, was actually made by Ann Jurgens at uh, Mitchell Hamlin. A few years ago she wrote an article. She discovered That the folks in the middle 60% of the income spectrum, which is, you know, roughly the middle class, um, these folks tended to be served regularly by small firms, firms of one to seven lawyers. And that, I think, reaches... Many people is a surprise because we imagine the legal community kind of focuses on legal aid and government and big firms, and we forget just how many solo and small firms are out there. Right. And so, one thing that I observe is that in really engaging the solo and small community is a huge part of closing the justice gap. If we want to do it sustainably, especially in an era when legal aid is underfunded, when you know. We could do much more pro bono and still not fill the need at the lower end of the spectrum. We need to come up with something that looks more like a market-based solution, and the folks who are already in that market are the solos and smalls of Minnesota. Um, So I am hopeful that we will be able to learn from the experiences of other states who are more advanced in the incubator movement and seed the state of Minnesota with a lot of small firms that know... How to serve folks in this clientele, and can do it seamlessly with the rest of their work.
0: Well, and and in terms of some um, terminology, uh, pro bono is is legal services that are at no cost to the client. Correct market rate are where people are paying the $300 for an associate's hour on a family law case or more or more yes yep. oh yes i mean i i heard somebody quoting an hourly rate of $850 and you know the other day and then there in the middle of that is what's called low bono which is reduced fee where the lawyer still will get some income as a result of representing the client but that the lawyer understands that uh, they, in order to serve the client, the client's not going to be able to pay full market rate, but the client should pay something. And, and you know, the philosophy behind this, you know, I, I was a trial lawyer for almost 30 years. I was one of those relatively small firms as well. But the, the philosophy behind this is that if you pay something towards your legal fees, that there is somewhat a greater appreciation. There is... Uh, certainly a higher stake that you have personally in the outcome of the case. And, and it is the kind of thing that helps to sustain the, the system because you have lawyers that can still make a living. I mean, they're still being able to, to uh, service their other clients and pay the bills of their staff and, and uh, the operating a law firm. Right. Exactly
1: right. Uh, low bono is kind of a legal profession term for that. And we're still working on words that will make sense to the public at large. But yes, the idea is basically that a lawyer will charge less, whether it's on an hourly rate, um, maybe slide their fees on a scale. They may choose to price their services differently. For example, a flat fee uh... for a particular thing or they may choose to do what lawyers call unbundling services um, which i sometimes think of as a la carte services where you can offer your client a menu of things that you can help them with and the client basically chooses these are the things i want your help with these are the things I'm going to do myself. And all of these can provide legal services at a more affordable price point for people who need them. But the fact that there is some payment not only, I think, um, helps the folks who want to be paying for legal services, it also makes sure that the solo and small firms can take less of a financial hit. I think folks who emphasize pro bono don't always realize that, you know, as a sole practitioner, when you do pro bono, you don't get paid right? You know, straight up. Like, you, you know, you, right. you, you do not get paid for the time and it, your income fluctuates tremendously just as a virtue of being a sole practitioner. But um, having some kind of predictable income is much more sustainable, we think, for we sole sh- practitioners.
0: And we should also note that in Minnesota... Our lawyers, our Minnesota lawyers, devote a lot of time to pro bono. I mean, we have Huge. a lot of attorneys that do that. We are one of the highest per- participating states of pro bono in the country. And, and all of that is a testament to our, our legal profession. Now, Corinne, I, before you go, I want to make sure, let people know again, how can they get, a, get in touch with the CCLI if they, if they need to. Sure. Um, If
1: you or someone you know is in a civil case and is looking for a lawyer, um, I would encourage you to call one of our intake lines. They are 651-321-9255 in English, 651-383-1450 in Spanish. Visit our website, uh, www.cclimn.org. Um, and you can learn all about the practicing lawyers and you can contact them directly also if you'd like. Um, I would also be delighted to take emails from anybody. Karin at CCLIMN.org and answer questions, uh, come talk to you, however I can be of help in understanding this problem.
0: And the CCLI does accept donations, right? We do,
1: and it's, there's a place to donate right on our website. We are also um, interested in hearing from folks in the community what you think about our mission and our our work. So I would love to hear from you.
0: And if we have any attorneys who are listening right now, you're looking always for mentor attorneys. We for you. We are.
1: We are looking for mentors who can help our new attorneys in practice. We are looking for folks willing to serve on our boards and committees, um, and we're looking for folks to refer us cases. So think of us.
0: Well, Karen, I, I really I want to say that I really appreciate all the work that you are doing and that the board is doing. I really appreciate the CCLI and that it, that it exists and that it is going forward and doing important work in our community. It is a model that I think needs to be emulated across the country. Um, and I hope that you uh, get more lawyers and more mentor attorneys as you go forward. Thank you, Ellie. Thanks so very much. We've been speaking with Corinne uh, Ciano from the... Collaborative Community Law Initiative, the CCLI in St. Paul. When we come back, I will do my weekly odds and ends as well as human is human. So more good stuff coming. Don't go anywhere. Thanks so very much. You've been listening to me, Ellie Krug. Mishad Cooley-Erickson, a mechanical and electrical consulting engineering firm in Minneapolis, supports inclusivity by designing spaces for all user groups, honoring inclusivity and respect. These spaces include gender-neutral family restrooms and nursing mothers' rooms. For example, Mishad Cooley-Erickson has designed lactation rooms for traveling mothers at the MSP International Airport. Designing these spaces has changed the expectations of similar facilities in airports around the country. Mishad Cooley-Erickson designed safe and comfortable environments for occupants who are their number one priority. Hi, this is Gregory Rich from Habitation Furnishing and Design, and I'd like you to tune in to a new program, Drink in the Style. Sundays at 5 p.m., Drink in the Style is going to be a one-hour conversation about interior design and aesthetics, all while enjoying a cocktail created by a local mixologist. Drink in the Style, Sundays at 5 p.m., brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design. Someone asked if I really do love my Rudy Luther Toyota Sienna as much as I say I do. Well, this week I've got groceries, a Target run, seven sports practices with carpooling for four of them, two games, three music lessons, 4-H, dance, helping a friend move. We'll also probably have three play dates. I'll have to drive to work and I'll have at least one weekend family outing. Yes, it's a lot, but I get to do it all in relaxing comfort and style. Yes, I do love my Sienna and you can fall in love for yourself at Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169. Being a dog is awesome, except when you really got to go, but you're stuck inside. That's why I had my human call the urban dog. Daily walks, field trips, play groups, one-on-one time, safe
1: off-leash play, and pet sitting. I love being an urban dog. The urban dog works with your schedule and can create a plan that fits your needs. The urban dog. Exercise, explore, socialize. Let the
2: journey begin. Call 651-231-6333. That's 651-231-6333. Woo, woo, woo.
0: Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. With your AM950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Today will be sunny with a high near 75, and tonight we'll see a low around 50. Tomorrow will be sunny with a high near 80, and Tuesday there's a 20% chance of showers with a high near 74. The Eat Local Minnesota Restaurant of the Week is Burger Mose, Located in downtown St. Paul, Burger Mose is the perfect neighborhood gathering spot before or after XL Energy events. Try their Unburger at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul, or visit them online at burgermose.com.
1: I want And we
0: are back on Hidden Edges Radio on this fine Sunday afternoon. Or at least I'll I'm going to guess it's going to be a fine Sunday afternoon. After all, we are taping this show. But it sounds so good when I say that, don't you think? That was a really great uh, interview. Great to hear about the CCLI and the important work that they are doing in St. Paul. Uh, Corinne, very, very dedicated. Uh, it takes a lot to be called uh, to be named Attorney of the Year. Quite, um, quite well-deserved, well I must say. So, regular listeners will recall that um, I traveled, oh, we're in my Odds and Ends segment where I talk about a couple of things that have caught my radar and fallen onto my Ellie Krug personal radar, and reg, so my regular listeners will recall that I traveled to the south, that would be the south of United States, in February on a thirty. what turned out to be a 3,300-mile 3, road trip to learn more about That part of the country, the South, and in particular what it was like, what it felt like to be other in uh, a part of America I hadn't been to before. Um, And I am other, of course, because, yep, the appearance uh, does not match the voice. In fact, when I was on that road trip, I did a live LE 2.0 radio show from Montgomery, Alabama. Now, again, here we go. Um, I not only have this show, but on on Monday mornings at 7.30 from 7.30 to 8.00, I have a different show called LE 2.0. If you haven't heard it, please try and catch it. And the show is about um, idealism, about um, idealists that I focus on and highlight and about my idealism. So in February, we did a live LE 2.0 show. and big thanks to my producer, Brett Johnson, for having made that happen, where I... I called in from Montgomery and uh, talked about what was going on there, and um, one of the things I spoke about during that time, and now that many of you have heard uh, since then, is the Opening of the national memorial for peace and justice when I was there in February they were building it I took some pictures of it. I talked about it on the show in February I'd also talked about it on other occasions on this show But now it had opened it opened on uh, April 26th and uh, It is uh, being seen by a lot of people For those who don't know what it's about the memorial the national memorial for peace and justice is intended to remind America, but particularly white America, about how um, black people were lynched, burned, and shot during the Jim Crow era, spanning from the late uh, 1870s all the way up to uh, 1950. And in that time period, there were more than 4,000 black Americans, men and women, mainly men, but some women as well, who were murdered simply because they were black. So, um, a week ago when it opened, uh, I'm sure that some of you saw images of the museum on national TV. Um, you know, And the museum features 800 steel columns representing the number of United States uh, counties in which lynchings or shootings or burnings or whatever drownings, all intentional drownings occurred. Inscribed on those 800 steel columns are the names of persons murdered and the reasons therefor. So each of those columns, I think it's 805 columns to be exact, represents 805 counties in the United States in which a lynching occurred. Just just think about. It. I mean 805 counties in states not only in the South. Uh, some uh, In Ohio, in uh, Illinois, in Oklahoma, and so, I mean, and those columns. So they've got the names of the persons murdered. I'll give you an example. Quote, John Stoner was lynched in Doss, Louisiana in 1909 for suing the white man who killed his cow, unquote. Another column has this inscribed on it. Robert Morton was lynched in Rockfield, Kentucky in 1897 for writing a note to a white woman, unquote. There are many stories um, in this uh, National Memorial about lynching. And then there's also now a museum uh, in Montgomery, not far from uh, the memorial, where... The, the, the museum is about slavery. It takes us from slavery all the way up to present day uh, slavery, which, um, some would, uh, which many consider to be our uh, incarceration system because uh, blacks, particularly black men, are incarcerated at an astronomical rate compared to uh, their percentage of population. Um, you know, there have been a number of pieces written about this memorial. Uh, The National Memorial for Peace and Reconciliation, but the, or excuse me, Peace and Justice actually is about reconciliation as well. But one of the pieces that really caught my eye is one that just, uh, just came out on uh, the 3rd of May uh, that showed up in the Huffington Post, a piece written by A.T. McWilliams, and the piece is titled, Lynching Didn't Disappear, It Just Evolved. Um, and it, in uh, in this piece, uh, McWilliams talks about his experience of, of visiting the uh, memorial and then told of how blacks, mainly men, uh, were killed. Um, the, the memorial talks mainly. I mean, if you go there, it's about people, black men being, but some black women as well, being killed for being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And in his Huffington Post piece, um, what uh, McWilliams... Mick uh, Williams writes, is that um, that's continued. I mean, we have Trayvon Martin um, in the wrong place at the wrong time, holding a bag of Skittles that ended up getting him killed. And just last month in Sacramento, Stephen Clark um, murdered. Um, Yes, I, I guess I used that right word. I'm shot at least by... Uh, Law enforcement, I have great respect for law enforcement, please understand that, but, um, and uh, Clark's, uh, his mistake was holding uh, an iPhone um, in the dark that apparently law enforcement uh, uh, didn't hesitate to uh, believe was a weapon, and they shot and killed him. And so I I urge you to to take the piece, I said it was Huffington Post, it's actually the Daily Beast, um, in a piece dated uh, the 3rd of May, By A.T. McWilliams, the piece is titled, Lynching Didn't Disappear, It Just Evolved. And it's written in conjunction with McWilliams visiting the National Memorial for Peace and Justice. I'm going to go to that memorial someday, I am. I'm going to go. And um, I know that it'll be very, very emotional for me when I do. My second Odds and Ends piece is something that showed up in the Daily Beast on May 4th by Samantha Allen. And it's a piece about Thursday that would be, I'm taping on Friday, that would be yesterday, which was the National Day of Prayer. And that was the occasion on which President Trump decided to sit down and sign a religious liberty executive order with conservative religious leaders looking on. Many of those conservative religious leaders who were there and present are known for their anti-LGBTQ rhetoric. This order, this religious liberty executive order signed by the president, um, is intended to ensure the faith-based organizations have equal access to government funding and equal right to exercise their deeply held beliefs. Now, if you're LGBTQ and listening to this, you know that that phrase, deeply held beliefs, is, um, can be a pretense for discriminating against LGBTQ people. This executive order sets up uh, the future appointment of an advisor within the White House Office of Public Liaison. And the idea is for this religious advisor to be able to consult with religious leaders who can provide, quote, expertise, unquote, on various issues, including, quote, poverty alleviation, unquote, religious liberty um, and strengthening marriage and family. The initiative also requires the advisor to inform the U.S. Attorney General, that would be Mr. Sessions, quote, of concerns raised by faith-based and community organizations about perceived violations of religious liberty protections, unquote. So you know what that means. That means where um, people are holding religious organizations accountable for them, discriminating openly, against various organi- various individuals and groups. That would include LGBTQ, but hey, we got people who are Muslim, probably uh, would be in that category of people that are discriminated against by various religious organizations. And we can come up with a bunch of other categories that are the target of religious fervor by different groups here in this country. Critically, the executive, uh, the, um, executive order signed by President Trump uh, requires executive branch agencies to have a point of contact to coordinate with this new advisor as she, he or she carries out their duties. So it means that each um, executive branch uh, governmental entity will have a religion and religious focused person embedded in that agency to kind of see what's going on. And I'm sure about reporting whether that agency is towing the line as it relates to quote unquote religious liberty. All of this comes on the heels of a January 2018 Department of Human Services announcement. So that would be the US Department of Human Services announcing a new conscience and religious freedom division, conscious and religious freedom division within the DHS housed within the DHS Office of Civil Rights to handle religious freedom complaints in the healthcare industry. How do you like that? Frankly, it's to allow medical providers to be able to discriminate against people like me because a lot of providers don't want to deal with transgender folks. Well, all of this is setting the stage for a couple of critical court decisions that will be used. I fear and other LGBTQ people fear that will be used as a basis to wholesale exclude LGBTQ people from society. I know that sounds very broad, but let me just tell you uh, that is a fear. And you know what? Everything I've just been talking to you about, that's only a small part of America. The vast majority of America, they don't care actually. The vast majority doesn't care, but a large part cares about LGBTQ people and wants us to be who we are. When we come back, I'll talk on my Human is Human segment. Thank you for listening. Bye. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com.
2: Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces is having their annual service special. Every stove, insert, and fireplace needs maintenance. Get it done now and save $40. You'll be ready to fire up before the cold weather hits again. From 94, take the Riverside Avenue exit and go east to 2901 Franklin Avenue. See the Twin Cities' most diverse selection of clean-burning, reliable, and environmentally smart stoves and fireplaces. Hi, I'm Peter Solak, owner of
0: Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. Have you ever watched your dog or cat curl up in front of a fire, like a Norman Rockwell pin brought to life, it's primordial the way fire touches both the animal and the human. We have the equipment and the know-how to supply, install, and maintain stoves and fireplaces. Call us at 612-338-6606 and take advantage of our spring cleaning and maintenance special. We are online at woodlandstoves.com. The mission and the passion of woodland stoves and fireplaces is to make the fire work for you.
2: Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, out of the ordinary products and services since 1977.
0: At Pride Institute, being LGBTQ plus is the norm, not the exception. Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ plus person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for long-term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV, and chronic illness trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery, education, and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging, and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life can benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800-547-7433 now.
2: Lowry Hill Meats, your neighborhood full-service butcher shop that works directly with family farms. Using whole animals gives Lowry Hill Meats the benefit of preparing custom cuts and dry aging. They offer beef, lamb, goat, pork, and poultry including whole duck, roasting hens, turkey, quail, pheasant, and Cornish hens. Their sausages are made fresh in-house weekly using 40 rotating recipes. Try their handcrafted sandwiches. They are second to none. Lowry Hill Meats is located at 1934 Hennepin Avenue in Minneapolis or online at LowryHillMeats.com.
0: We are back on Hidden Edges Radio. This is Ellie Krug, Hidden Edges Radio on AM 950. I think it would be good if I told you what station you were listening to. You're listening to me, Ellie Krug. How are you? I hope you're having a good Sunday. I hope you've been enjoying the show. I hope. I hope. And so here we go. We're on the last segment, my human is human segment, where I talk about something that has caught my eye, something about surviving the human condition. And I've got to tell you, I saw a piece just by coincidence this morning as I was laying in bed at 4, 415, trying to get ready to do a lot of things, including prepare for the show across the strip. The Star Tribune came a story, a piece by um, Mary Lynn Smith about a GoFundMe drive to raise fifteen hundred dollars for a forty-three-year-old Liberian-born man named Paul uh, Pykkinen, P-Y-Y-K-K-O-N-N-E-N, and I'm going to just call call Mr. Pykkinen Paul. Paul was born a twin, and in and in developing countries like Liberia forty years ago and even today, many families who have twins cannot afford to raise two children. So one of those children becomes effectively abandoned. And in Paul's case, it was very unfortunate because at age six months, when missionaries found him, when they were able to go into the village where he was or the town there where he was, they found him at six months, he only weighed eight pounds. Only eight pounds at six months. Um, the, the missionaries eventually facilitated Paul's adoption, but that malnourishment at such an early age had some profound consequences for Paul's cognitive abilities, um, but certainly has not affect, that did not affect his demeanor. So fast forward to today, where we find Paul working at the Buffalo, Minnesota Menards as a shopping cart corraller and other utility person. As far as I can tell, he's been there at least 10 years. Um, And as far as I can tell from what um, this story in the strip indicates, uh, Paul is loved by a lot of different people. And that's when a customer named uh, Todd Sandberg, this is a regular Menards customer who befriended Paul, realized that um, Paul had a problem. So, Paul um, does not have a driver's license. Paul rides a bike three miles each way from home to work every day um, for all 12 months of the year. So, uh, last year, uh, Sandberg uh, saw him, saw Paul riding his bike. And at the time, Paul was riding his bike. He was um, on it. He had been grocery shopping. He had all kinds of grocery bags on uh, the handles of the bike. Sandberg... Um, having an empathetic heart, and we're going to talk about empathetic hearts in a second, stopped his vehicle and said, come on, Paul, I'll give you a ride, hoisted uh, the bike into Sandberg's vehicle, and then realized that the bike was not in very good shape. Um, And Sandberg then uh, took it upon himself to go and get the bike repaired at a bike shop, but later realized that the bike is just falling apart and it's not working. So recently, Sandberg decided to exercise his empathetic heart and launch a GoFundMe campaign to raise $1,500 to help get Paul a brand new bike. Sandberg confided that he thought that maybe he'd get 500 bucks out of that GoFundMe thing. Now, you have heard me speak in the past about humans and how we're hardwired for empathy. We are. I, I, I go and, and, and train. I mean, this week alone... Um, I've spoken directly to nearly 3,000 people, like in live settings, and every one of those people has heard me talk about how we all have empathetic hearts and how many of us exercise them, but many of us don't because we're scared to death. We're afraid of what exercising our empathetic heart will get us into. So back to Sandberg. He launches his GoFundMe page to raise $1,500 to get Paul a new bike. Well, guess what? Within just, uh, 20, within just two hours, he had the 1,500 bucks. Within just two hours of the GoFundMe page going live, he had the 1,500 bucks, and then the money just kept coming in. And within three days, I mean, we're just talking 72 hours, okay? Nearly 700 people had donated more than $24,000 in just three days for this man who needed a new bike. And on top of that, the Facebook uh, post about Paul has um, been shared 3,000 times and liked by more than 1,000 people. Now, of course, there's the power of social media, but it's also the power of our empathetic hearts. Um, and, and it's proof that we humans, you give us a pathway on how to exercise those empathetic hearts, and we will do that. We will show up. We will show up in stellar fashion. Now, some of you may remember I had several shows ago, um, or maybe it was an LA 2.0. I don't know. I get confused at this point. I talked about Philando Feeds the Children. You know, the fund that was set up after Philando Castile lost his life. And remember, Philando was a cafeteria manager at a at a elementary school in St. Paul. They set up a fund of, with the purpose of, of eliminating paying off the student lunch debt because a lot of students can't can't pay for their lunches. They wanted to pay off that lunch debt, which which only has several thousand dollars. It was not, I mean, an astronomical amount of money. Well, four thousand people later, <laughs> and one hundred and fifty five thousand dollars later, because the fund for Philando, Philando feeds the children just kept growing, they paid off the student lunch debt of all the school, all fifty nine schools in St. Paul. So, yeah, I mean, it is. And then uh, earlier this year, you, I had somebody on from uh, Dallas for Breakfast with Dads where there had been a shout-out for step-in dads for 150 boys who didn't have dads for a, a mentoring program that the, a middle school in Dallas was going to have. And eventually 600 step-in dads showed up on a, on a weekday morning at 7 o'clock um, to support boys. They didn't know. So don't ever, please don't ever tell me we don't have empathetic hearts because I just, I'll run away. I'll put my hands over my ears and say, no, 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 that's not true. We all have empathetic hearts. And this story about Paul and his bike and this wonderful man, uh, Sandberg, um, you know, how, how phenomenal, how phenomenal. How phenomenal. And if you are a regular Ripple reader, if you get my newsletter, The Ripple, and if you want it, go to my website, elliekrug.com, you can sign up for it. Um, If you're a regular Ripple reader, you're going to read more about Paul in The Ripple, because it's going to be a story that I'm going to highlight. Because you know in The Ripple, I share stories about human compassion. I share stories about how we do good things for each other. Please remember that as you go forward this week. About compassion for others and for yourself. All right. Well, that, we've got another show in the can, as they say in the professional radio world. I think I know what that is. Um, a big thanks to our sponsors, the engineering firm of Michoud Cooley Erickson, the Pride Institute, which is a drug and alcohol residential and outpatient recovery center, and Brending Electrolysis. Tell Bev... Let her know that I sent you. Bev does phenomenal work. I can attest to that. We need more sponsors. Love to hear from you. Um, We do need to pay for the show. A big thanks to my producer, Brett Johnson. You are the best, Brett. You know that, and you know I feel that way all the time. And to you listeners, thanks so very much. We'll be back next Sunday with a live show. Call in then. Mother's Day. Bye.